Before we get to this week's episode, let me tell you a little bit about bare bottom clothing. Especially when the weather's getting cold and winter's turning around, you need some comfortable, warm, and stretchy clothes. Bare Bottom is on a mission to make the most comfortable menswear around while also giving back to the communities where their clothing is made. Comfy season's here, everybody, so stock your closet with comfort without paying those insane markups you see with other online and big box brands. You can also feel good while wearing your Bare Bottoms because for each item you purchase, a nutritious school meal is donated to a child in need. Everything is built for value. You're getting the softest and stretchiest clothes in the game for a great deal, but also giving back in the process. Right now, for a limited time, Bare Bottom is giving you an incredibly soft tech tee or their dye tee for free when you spend at least $150. So head to Bare Bottom Clothing today. That's bare like the animal, bottomclothing.com. Do that today. We love Bare Bottom Clothing over here. We're big fans. And now, grab a drink, sit back and relax, and enjoy another episode of Between the Tackles. What is good, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Between the Tackles, which is an NFL podcast hosted by yours truly, Matt Tweed. If you're a returning listener, thanks so much for riding with us. If this is your first time listening, please review, rate, subscribe, download, follow all that good stuff with the podcast. We are on all platforms streaming podcasts, so Spotify, Apple, Google, all that stuff. Jump in, iHeartRadio, all that. You'll be able to find us wherever you listen to your podcasts normally. If you haven't listened, the the format of this podcast is pretty simple. We review all the games in the NFL from the week prior. So we usually record this on a Tuesday or Wednesday and drop it either on a Wednesday or Thursday, just depending on when the recording gets done and the editing. Um, so we review all the re uh, recap all the NFL games from the week prior. We then talk about some storylines. We talk about you know standings, MVP race, all that stuff that seems relevant. And then we preview the upcoming week's game, starting with the Thursday game into uh, Monday night. And then we do a gambling segment where we break down um, each game, kind of throughout that. Each time we're previewing the game, we t- or each time we're recapping the game, we talk about the gambling line. Every time we preview the game, we talk about the gambling line. I kind of give you where I lean. And then at the end, we do a segment called the Gambling Corner, which is I give the Tweed Trifecta, which is a three-team money line parlay. And then I do the Weekend Best Bets, which historically has been either a two- or three-team seven-point teaser, just depending on um, what games I like and what the lines look like. So without further ado, we will jump right in, and we will start with recapping the Week 12 game that were this was Thanksgiving weekend so we did have three games on Thanksgiving on a Thursday and then we'll talk about the Sunday and the Monday games as well so starting with the first Thursday Thanksgiving game which was an absolute shit show between my team the Bears and the Detroit Lions the Bears actually closed at a lot of places at minus two um, they this game was awful. Andy Dalton was starting because of um, hurt ribs by Justin Fields. Um, Detroit actually ended up starting Jared Goff. Um, thought it was supposed to be Tim Boyle, but Jared Goff progressed and was able to play. Um, this game was absolutely horrific. Neither team wanted to win this game. However, the Bears did end up winning. They kicked a field goal as time expired. Um, they won 16-14, to 14, so they push on the, the spread, um, and the over-under was 41. This hits on 30, so the under definitely hit there. 
Um, all right. The second game on Thanksgiving was Las Vegas taking on the Dallas Cowboys at home. Um, Cowboys were favored by seven. They actually lost this game outright, but an anecdote on this game, it was horrible to watch due to the officiating. There was 28 flags. Um, and over 300 penalized yards between the two teams, um, basically just saying that nobody really um, wanted to watch this game in terms of the officiating. The officials decided to take control of this game and really screw it up. Um, Dallas, though, loses the game outright. Las Vegas wins the game in overtime on a field goal, so they win this game outright 36-33. to The third game, another stinker. Um, just like the first game of the day, Buffalo taking on New Orleans. New Orleans starting um, Trevor Simeon. Buffalo favored by seven points um, in this game. They cover this easily. New Orleans was horrible. Buffalo dominates from the jump. Um, Buffalo wins 31-6. to Moving into the Sunday games, um, we will start with Tennessee taking on New England. New England was favored by seven. Uh, this game was kind of back and forth for a little bit. Uh, Tennessee was so abysmal offensively. There was just there were so many moments where New England could have just completely blew the doors off and they didn't want to take it, and it was right there for Tennessee to kind of make this a game. However, their offense is clearly sputtering without any sort of running game. Everybody's hurt. No Julio, no A.J. Brown. McNichols is hurt. Derrick Henry out for the regular season at least, if not more. Tannehill without receivers just can't kind of get anything going. Um, New England wins this game by a lot. They win 36-13. They cover the seven, winning by 23. Jets taking on Houston. This was a weird game. I thought this was a game where Tyrod Taylor would completely take over. Um, I, I don't believe Tyrod Taylor is horrible. I don't believe he's great, but I think he can take a team that's bad and make them competent or at least below average and not horrible. Um, but Zach Wilson came back and has a game-winning touchdown in the um, the third quarter, and that kind of proved to be the, the holding-off point for that game. Um, Houston was favored by three closing here, and they lose outright. The Jets win 21-14. to Philadelphia taking on the Giants. Philadelphia favored by four on the road. The Giants were retiring Michael Strahan's number, so they had some some emotion to play with there. They were hoping to probably be up by halftime so that they when they retire the number, that it wasn't just somber as hell. Um, they were up three to nothing at halftime, and then they win this game 13 to seven outright. Um, Philadelphia does not cover. They lose. They looked horrible. Jalen Hurts had three interceptions, um, had more, I believe almost similar rushing to passing yards. He was terrible. Um, there was a chance for him at the end of the game to actually pull this out and win. Um, however, I believe Jalen Rieger dropped a touchdown at the goal line um, at the waning moments of this game. So Giants went outright. Um, Philadelphia, who seemed to be catching some some wind and you know getting on fire, drops a massive game that they shouldn't have lost. Tampa Bay taking on Indianapolis. This was a game that I thought Indianapolis could and should win outright. I thought that they had the makeup of a team that could win this game. However, Tampa Bay closes minus three on the road. I thought this was an easy tease with Indianapolis, which the teaser hits. I thought it was an easy plus three take. I thought it would be a field goal or even maybe an Indianapolis outright win. However, Tom Brady with the ball at the end of the game, tie ball game. You know how this is going to go. Tampa Bay wins by seven. Game-winning touchdown by Tom Brady. They cover the three points. Atlanta taking on Jacksonville. I thought this was an easy home run. Take Atlanta with, with the points. They were going to win outright. They do. Atlanta wins 21-14. to 14. This isn't anything to really shout home about. Um, it was a very boring, ugly game, but Atlanta gets the win and the cover. Carolina taking on Miami. I thought this was a really, really good spot for Carolina to show that they're for real. However, they were favored by one and a half on the road against Miami. Miami comes out and blows the doors off them. Cam Newton was terrible. Three picks. How obnoxious and just embarrassing it was for you to scream, I'm back, 
do all that Superman stuff and then get blown out with the performance that you have. Um, I think Bill Belichick was on to something. I just don't think Carolina, now McCaffrey out for the year, he's hurt again. Carolina with Cam Newton. Cam Newton just cannot throw the football. His arm is shot. His accuracy is awful. The only thing he can do is throw deep balls and get lucky receptions by DJ Moore. Everything else is just so inaccurate and bad. Bill Belichick knew. It wasn't for him. He's done. He's completely washed. He can run the ball still, of course, but he just can't throw the football accurately. Miami wins 33-10 to and wins outright. Pittsburgh taking on Cincinnati. Cincinnati closes at home as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. This game was an absolute ass-kicking. Pittsburgh looks soft. They look weak. I know they've got injuries, but the offense is awful. They can't run the football. They can't throw the ball. They can't stop anybody on defense. And Cincinnati looked infinitely better, athletic, ready, prepared in this game than Pittsburgh. They win 41-10 to and easily cover the 3.5. Cincinnati might be for real. We're going to talk about the playoff race, who's in the hunt, who's kind of sitting out, whatever. Cincinnati looks for real. They are alive to win this division if they can win a game against Baltimore, um, you know, down the road here. Um, so just keep an eye on them. But Cincinnati looks great. 41 to 10 there. They cover. Chargers in Denver. Um, Chargers closed as a two and a half point favorite. This, for, to me, was just an absolute mismatch um, between Denver's running game and offensive line and the Chargers' abysmal run defense. Um, I took Denver money line. I took Denver plus. I think they were plus three when I took them, but I plus them took them plus three. Um, I took them money line. They went outright 28-13. Herbert looks lost at times. The protection's not great. What they're trying to have him do may be a little too, more, too advanced for him in terms of what he's ready for yet. Um, Denver just dominated them 28-13. They went outright. Minnesota, San Francisco. San Francisco closed as a four-point favorite. I thought this was classic Minnesota, what they've done all year. Keep the game close. Keep within a field goal. Maybe win the game outright. Um, I took them plus 10 on a teaser because I got them at plus 3.5. So that would be plus 10.5. So I cover that teaser. I I took them plus 3 as well, or plus 3.5. That did not cover. Um, They had a chance at the end, and then Kirk Cousins decided to line up under his guard to take a snap. They had to force a timeout, and then he overthrows and sails a ball to Justin Jefferson late in the game, wide open down the middle. So he was awful. San Francisco covers and wins 34-26. Green Bay taking on the Rams. Uh, Rams were favored by two on the road. I thought this was ridiculous. I think Green Bay is the best team in the league. I thought they were before this game. I definitely think they are now. I thought it was a mismanagement of the line. I took Green Bay money line. I took Green Bay, Green Bay plus two. I teased them as well. Um, they went outright 36-28. Aaron Rodgers was spectacular. Matt Stafford, got to throw this stat out there because I, I feel it just matters. I feel it has to be said. Matt Stafford. Going into the year, by the way, was 8-68 versus teams who ended the year with a winning record. And if we want to include teams this year that right now have a winning record and will probably end with a winning record, or at least right now have one, he is now 9-72 in games versus a team that either finished with a winning record or right now currently has a winning record. So miss me with this idea that it was the weapons or that his team was the problem. He cannot win big games. He shrinks in in primetime moments. In games of the week, in massive moments, he shrinks. He's inaccurate. He just can't hit simple throws sometimes, and he thinks that he can hit every throw because of the, quote, big arm that he has. But he just misses simple NFL reads. 
time and time again, he misses simple throws that should be easy layups for him. And then he tries to force the ball into these home run hits. He did hit one with Odell, which was good to see, but he misses a lot of throws and he's nine and 72 against teams with a winning record. I've, it's got to be said, he's an average quarterback with, a, with elite talent that just can't hit throws. And here we are. Green Bay wins outright 36-28. Cleveland taking on Baltimore Sunday night. This was an abysmal football game. This may be one of the worst football games I watched all year. NFL record and stat here. Teams that turn the ball over four times or more are, uh, were 0-54 or 0-55 or 0-54 going into this game. Baltimore, Lamar had three interceptions. They had four turnovers overall. I think they might have had five, but it was at least four. They win this game somehow because Cleveland's offense is broken. Baker Mayfield looks like shit. He can't hit throws. The run game is broken. They abandoned the run and had and Baker throw 35 times and Chubb only ran eight. I think overall for a team, they may have only run like 16 times or 15 plus, but they threw the ball 35 times plus. Baker was awful. He couldn't hit anybody. He looks hurt. He shouldn't be playing, but he is, and he looks terrible. The offense is broken. The defense was good, but, you know, the offense couldn't do a thing, and Baltimore, with four turnovers, somehow wins this game because Cleveland's offense is abysmal. I, I can't talk about it anymore. It makes me angry what they've done with this. Um, but here we are. Baltimore covers somehow with four turnovers plus. They cover the minus three that they were favored by, 16 to 10. And then I thought, oh, well, the Sunday game is horrible, and then Monday night rolled around. It was just as bad, maybe worse. I don't think it was worse, but it was bad. Washington, or Sorry, Seattle taking on Washington. Seattle favored by one and a half on the road. I thought Seattle was going to win outright. I thought this was a perfect spot for Russell Wilson to get back on track and show that he wasn't just, you know, still clearly injured and not bad. Um, but Washington wins outright, 17-15. Seattle tried to make it a game at the end. They threw a deep bomb at the end um, up the seam to um, – Swain, I believe, is the guy that got the touchdown pass at the end. Um, and then they couldn't get the two-point conversion at the end. Um, and then they actually got an onside kick, and then it was returned back. Or, sorry, it was called back because of an illegal procedure on the kickoff team, which is just so disheartening and deflating um, when you know onside kicks happen like five times a year. Um, it seems like Seattle's always getting them for some reason. But um, they end up losing this game. Seattle does, um, and Washington wins outright 17-15. All right, so before we get into previewing week 13, let's talk about and let's look at the NFL standings as they are currently. We're going to look at the playoffs. We're going to go divisions first, and then we'll go playoff standings. So right now, AFC East, Buffalo, uh, sorry, New England is atop that division heading into that showdown coming up. Um, Buffalo is second, 7-4. and four. New England, 8-4 and four first there. Miami's slowly trying to make a playoff push here, 5-7, and seven, and the Jets, 3-8. and eight. AFC North, Baltimore ahead right now of that division eight and, at an 8-3. and three. Cincinnati, second, 7-4. and four. Cleveland, 6-6. Six and six. Pittsburgh, 5-5-1. Five, five and one. Tennessee, still atop the AFC South, 8-4. and four. Indianapolis wanted to gain some ground and be 7-5 and five this past week, but now they are 6-6. Six and six. Houston um, is 2-9. and nine. Jacksonville, 2-9. and nine. What a horrible division that is. The AFC West, this is really contested and tight. Kansas City, 7-4. Los Angeles Chargers, 6-5. Broncos, 6-5. Raiders, 6-5. Denver and Kansas City play, um, I believe, Monday night or Sunday night um, coming up. And that will be for the AFC West lead at that moment. 
Um, so that'll be a nice game there. Let me double check. I believe that is uh, Sunday night. Sorry, Monday night is Patriots Bills. All right, into the NFC. NFC East, Cowboys seven and four. Pretty clearly have a division lead there. Washington second, Philadelphia third, New jo- New York Giants at four and seven. Third, Green Bay Packers have a massive lead in that division in the NFC North at nine and three. Vikings five and six. Bears somehow have a chance to maybe get second in this division, depending on how they play down the stretch. At four and seven, Detroit still hasn't won a game. Oh, ten and one. NFC South. Tampa Bay pulling away, 8-3. Atlanta, 5-6. Playoff push. New Orleans, 5-6. Carolina Panthers now 5-7, somehow last in that division after maybe being in the playoffs a week ago. And then in the NFC West, it seems like it could have been competitive. Not super close right now. Arizona atop that division pretty easily, 9-2. Rams, 7-4, second. San Francisco making a push to get second at 6-5 in the third spot. And then Seattle dead last at 3-8. All right, let's pull up the playoff rankings and standings now. Let's look AFC first. Baltimore, number one seed somehow. Just continues to rise, continues to to move up into that one seed, which again, as we have to review, as we have to review every week, the number one seed is the only seed that gets the bye this year. So that number one seed is important. New England is second. 8-4, Eight and four, they win the tiebreaker over Tennessee based on the head-to-head win and percentage there. Tennessee now falls to three at eight and four. Kansas City at seven and four. If they win, they would still be fourth because of that head-to-head with Tennessee. But they would still, you know, now if they continue to win, would be pushing into that Tennessee threshold. Cincinnati at seven and four. They are ahead of Buffalo in the. They are ahead at the five seed ahead of Buffalo based on win percentage in conference games. Buffalo at six. And then in the seventh seed right now is Los Angeles. They win the tiebreaker over Denver and Vegas because of their win percentage in division games, but that can all play itself out towards the end of the year with division matchups. Teams that are kind of in that hunt, if you will, I'll go any team that has either five or six wins or five or six losses here. Um, Raiders, Denver Broncos, all again in that spot because of division kind of rivalries there. Indianapolis pushing maybe to get a playoff spot at six and six that they can kind of turn things around. Pittsburgh, five, five, and one. And then Cleveland at six and six, still hoping, but kind of playoff berth waning there. Into the NFC. Arizona is still the number one seed. Um, they are at nine and two. Green Bay at nine and three. Tampa at eight and three. Dallas at eight and four. Those are your top four seeds. They're all based on division winners. And then number five, we've got seven and four Los Angeles Rams. And the sixth spot, somehow miraculously after looking horrible to start, San Francisco 49ers. They are now in the sixth spot. And then Washington has crept its way into the playoff picture. They win the tiebreaker over Atlanta and Minnesota right now because of their win percentage in conference games. Um, And then kind of in the hunt, if you will, um, we'll go any team that has six or seven losses because it seems like if any of those teams start to win, they can make that seven seed. Minnesota, five and six. They win the tiebreaker over Atlanta because of conference game win percentage. Um, Atlanta is then at the nine spot and, and at five and six. They win the tiebreaker over Atlanta because they beat them head to head. New Orleans at five and six at the 10 spot. And then Philadelphia, Carolina, New York, and Chicago all at four or five and seven. Um, they're there just because somehow if you can rattle off a win streak and other teams start to lose, you may find yourself sneaking into the seven seed. I don't believe that's going to happen, but it's possible. Okay, that is your NFL standings. Let's talk MVP here because I'm going to pull up the MVP odds here, but let's talk about it because I think it's interesting to note that I don't believe anybody right now actually wants to win the MVP. Like, players that would have been at the top 
Kyler Murray has been hurt for three weeks, and he may be hurt another one. Dak Prescott has played pretty shitty recently. Matt Stafford, three straight games with a pick six. Lamar Jackson, four turn or three turnovers, maybe four, last weekend. Justin Herbert, not great. Jonathan Taylor has been playing incredible, but he's not a quarterback, so apparently he doesn't count. I would move him probably to the top three, but, you know, we can't do that apparently. But according to DraftKings, as of this week, as of today— couple hours ago Tom Brady is your odds on favorite to win the MVP this year and that's probably rightfully so at plus 353 and a half to one Josh Allen four and a half to one second I don't know how that's possible but here we are Aaron Rodgers if you're placing money today at who you think wins the MVP I think the best value you could have got him at 10 to one last week but now he's changed six to one Aaron Rodgers plus 600 to win the MVP Kyler Murray 10 to one Patrick Mahomes 10 to one Prescott 12 to one Stafford 16 to one Lamar Jackson 16 to one Herbert 18 to one Jonathan Taylor 18 to one I think he should be much higher Jonathan Taylor but he's a running back so that's impossible for him to win apparently I don't know if anybody wants to win it But if you're putting any money on anybody, you're probably putting money on either Tom Brady, Josh Allen, or or Aaron Rodgers. And maybe Mahomes, if he somehow rattles off a bunch of wins here and then goes on a, a crazy win streak and looks great. But I'm not certain that the offense is fixed yet. But I think Aaron Rodgers is the the value play here. Six to one, you put a hundred bucks, you win six hundred. You put five hundred, you know, you win three three grand. Kind of just take whatever you put, multiply it by six. That's what you get. All right, let's preview the week 13 games, and then we will go into the gambling corner, which will be looking at odds via the DraftKings Sportsbook and kind of figuring out what we want to do there with our tweet trifecta and our weekend best bets. All right, the Thursday night game in a couple nights is Dallas taking on New Orleans. Dallas favored by four and a half. That's probably mostly just because New Orleans is at home and everybody loves to give points to the Saints for the Superdome. Um, The Saints are terrible. I don't think they're very good. Uh, Trevor Simeon has looked awful, but it sounds like they're going to give the the starting reins to Taysom Hill going forward. Um, I would take Dallas minus four and a half. I wouldn't even think twice about it. Um, I think that that that's an easy pick with Taysom Hill or Trevor Simeon at quarterback. Minnesota taking on Detroit at home. Listen, Detroit's bad. They're not good. They're terrible. But is this the game that Jared Goff somehow puts something together and Kirk Cousins plays terrible and they somehow get their first win of the season? You can't get me to take Minnesota with a touchdown. I just don't think that they play games well enough to do that. But I also don't know if I can take Detroit plus seven points. So I'm going to stay away. But this is a sneaky, sneaky outright win by Detroit. I think it's possible. Arizona taking on Chicago. This is probably still because they anticipate Kyler Murray playing. If this comes down to a Colt McCoy or you know somebody else that, that plays in this game, I think I would take Chicago plus eight. Um, watch that number. Watch that status of, of Kyler Murray throughout the week just to kind of get a good gauge. If it's Kyler Murray playing, I would probably I would either stay away or take the minus eight. If Kyler Murray sits, this number's going to drop, but whatever it drops to, I would take Chicago. Obviously, look, too, to see if um, – Justin Fields is playing. That's a big deal too. If it's Andy Dalton, you know, I don't know what you what your thoughts are on Andy Dalton. That's a personal preference for you guys. Um, I would just kind of stay away and just watch the lines and the statuses of players in this game before I make any bet here. Tampa Bay taking on Atlanta. Tampa Bay favored by eleven. Um, I don't know what to tell anybody here. I don't know what to tell you. Um, Atlanta's at home. They're trying to fight for a playoff berth. 
Tampa Bay more than a le- more than a field goal seems like a lo- or sorry more than a touchdown seems like a lot the way their defense is playing and Tom Brady hasn't been great on the road in terms of covering the spread. Um, if you're asking me, I would t- probably tease this to plus eighteen or maybe more. Um, I don't know if they can win by more than more than a touchdown, but seems crazy to take Atlanta in any game right now. Um, I'm going to take Atlanta plus eleven. That seems like a lot of points though with Tom Brady on the road who hasn't been great this year. Indianapolis taking on Houston. Um, this is a game I'm not betting, staying away. This is, seems like a lot of points to give Indianapolis, but Houston's terrible, and I think it's a bad matchup for Houston against Indianapolis. So I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to take Indianapolis minus nine, but this will be one that you can definitely tease down um, to minus two and get some good value there. Philadelphia taking on the Jets. Philadelphia favored by six and a half. How is this any different than the game they just played? I know the matchups are different. I know there's not necessarily a a jersey retirement that we're looking at here. But how is this any different? The Giants are bad. The Jets are bad. You know, I I don't know. I'm not betting this game. I'm staying away. But how is this any different? I know the Jets' defense is probably worse than the Giants. But you're getting more points in that sense. And now you're expecting them to be able to cover six and a half? I don't know. If Jalen Hurts turns, turns the performance around from last week, then sure. But if we get the same shit... Six and a half, too many points. Chargers taking on Cincinnati. Again, a horrible matchup for the Chargers with the Cincinnati run game and Joe Mixon and P. Rhyme. Um, I would take Cincinnati minus three. I think they can win this by double digits, by two touchdowns because of the run game that will set up play action. I just don't think the Chargers defense is good enough yet, run defense-wise. All right, let's see here. Giants taking on the Dolphins. Miami favored by three at home over the Giants. I think Miami's hit their stride. These are two pretty easy games. They got Giants-Jets coming forward. I would take Miami minus three and not look back. Washington taking on Las Vegas. The Raiders are in a playoff push, looking to kind of stay in that realm of the six to eight spot in the playoff push. Um, Las Vegas minus two and a half at home over Washington. I would take the, the Raiders minus two and a half. Rams taking on Jacksonville. What's the best case scenario when your team is kind of reeling and not looking great? You play a shitty team like Jacksonville. They're favored by 13. This is one that you probably want to tease down a touchdown to get into that six number. Um, I would probably do that. I don't know if I would take them minus 13. I know they'll probably blow them out. It just seems like a lot of points right now for the Rams who are kind of reeling. Um, however, it's a perfect time for them to take on a team that's terrible. Um, so I would, I'm going to stay tuned for a teaser with this team. I'm not laying the 13. Baltimore taking on Pittsburgh at home. This is a rivalry game. It's a division game. Baltimore minus three and a half against Pittsburgh. Hopefully they can start to get healthy if you're a Pittsburgh fan. I just don't trust this team in any sort of physicality with Baltimore who loves to be physical. I would take Baltimore minus three and a half. San Francisco taking on Seattle. Seattle looks to be reeling. I know they're at home, but San Francisco looks to be kind of clicking and getting on all cylinders here. They're in a playoff push as well. I would take San Francisco minus three and a half um, on the road. Kansas City taking on Denver. Sunday night, winner is the first place in the division and now is in a playoff spot. Um, Ten points. It's a lot of points with Kansas City right now with how their offense is operating. I understand that they may be getting right and figuring things out. Defensively, they've been great. But ten points is a lot of points. I would take Denver plus ten, and they may be included in a teaser that I'm not going to include here, but bet your life that 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 minus 10 is getting teased to plus 17 at some point Sunday night. And finally, Monday night game, Buffalo favored by three over New England. Listen, 
New England has owned Buffalo. They've owned this division. I mean, last year, obviously, Buffalo owned it because they were much better than, than New England. But with everything that's going on right now with New England, they look ripe. They look great. I don't think that they, this is only because this game is in Buffalo. This is a pick em. I think New England wins outright. I would take New England plus three. I would take them on the money line. I think they end up you know, kind of dominating and just showing that they still own this division and that the division goes through New England again once more for a long time to come. Um, New England wins and they cover plus three. All right, let's end it off here. A couple more minutes and then we are done. Let's go to DraftKings Sportsbook and let's do the gambling corner, which will start with the Tweed trifecta for the NFL weekend. We don't do the Thursday game, but we will start with Sunday games. We're going to go Colts, Buccaneers, Colts, Buccaneers, Rams. Let's see what that gets us in terms of value. That gets your parlay odds to minus 147. If you want to get some better odds, you can go either Eagles against the Jets or Bengals against the Chargers. If you add the Bengals in at minus 170, your parlay becomes plus 168. If you add in the Eagles at minus 275 against the Jets, you get to plus 140. So if you want to get to a four-team uh, four team parlay, you can. We're just going to do the three-team parlay of Rams, Bucks, and Colts. That gets you minus 147. That is your tweed trifecta. And then let's clear that and do weekend best bets here. So for weekend best bets, we're going to do a two-team seven-point teaser. We're going to tease the Colts down from minus nine to minus two. And then we are going to tease... The um, let's do we'll tease the Rams down from minus 12 and a half to minus five and a half at seven points. So, again, seven point two team teaser here. Colts now down to minus two and Rams down to minus five and a half. And then your tweet trifecta is Colts, Bucks. Rams at minus 147 odds. All right, that is going to do it for another episode of Between the Tackles, an NFL podcast hosted by yours truly, Matt Tweed. Thanks so much for listening. If it's your first time, please like, subscribe, rate, review, follow the podcast if you're a continued listener. Thanks for the love. Thanks for the support. Thanks for riding. Um, And we'll catch you next week, fam. All right, peace.